Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Newsroom Robots, the podcast where we explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and the news industry. I'm Nikita Roy, data scientist, media entrepreneur, and one of the many founders currently building their ventures at the Harvard Innovation Labs. On the Newsroom Robots, I'm excited to bring you insightful conversations with industry experts about how AI is impacting the way we do journalism. Today's episode is a special one. It follows a different format. I recently did a workshop at the Craig Newmark's Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York for the Entrepreneurial Journalism Creators Program, which is a 100-day online certificate program that has 21 journalism entrepreneurs from around the world developing their skills and knowledge to strengthen and grow their niche ventures. In this workshop, I discussed different generative AI tools that can be used to help news entrepreneurs optimize their workflows. Here's Jeremy Kaplan, the Director of Teaching and Learning at the Craig Dumas Graduate School of Journalism, kicking off the workshop. Welcome, everyone. We are excited to have a special session today. As you know, AI is seemingly the subject everyone is talking about day after day these days. And we have a terrific guest, Nikita, to talk us through that and to give us a chance to dive in firsthand. So this is really a an interactive session. I'm super excited. This field is changing every single day. It seems like there's something new and there's so much to keep up with that it's really hard for any single person to do so. So I think it's really great that we have Nikita here to kind of walk us through. Um, she's a host of a, a really interesting podcast about this whole arena and has been steeped into it and is giving us a kind of window into a world with a, a fast kind of shortcut guide to some of the key things as they relate to journalism specifically. So Nikita, thanks for being here. We're delighted to have you and excited for for the session and for the opportunity to, to dive into the subject matter. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, really excited to be here. 
I'm a news entrepreneur myself and launched a news product. And so I know kind of firsthand what it's like being in your shoes. And I'm excited to kind of show you how generative AI has been helping me think about how I can automate workflows and be more efficient in the newsroom. And I'm excited to share that with all of you today. So just a little bit about me. I'm a data scientist and host of the Newsroom Robots podcast. I also founded the NRI Nation, which is a digital news startup for the Indian diaspora, um, currently incubating at Harvard Innovation Labs. And I was a participant of the ICFJ's Leap News Innovation Labs, where we are currently prototyping and launching a WhatsApp-based digital media literacy chatbot. And my connection to the New Marks J School was that I was part of the product immersion for small newsrooms um, just finished last month. And so before we get started, I just want to get a brief overview in terms of like where all of us are in regards to generative AI. So I have a couple of poll questions to understand that. So thanks, Amreen, for watching that. So how would you rate your current understanding of generative AI? That'll help me kind of understand where we should be heading this conversation towards. So I guess a lot of people are more in the second phase. So you know what generative AIs have a grasp on its basic principles. So that's great. For the people who are not sure what generative AIs, we'll get into it briefly and kind of give you an overview of what it is. Okay, great. The second question is, how, okay, how confident do you feel about applying generative AI? Not at all confident. Okay, don't worry about that. We'll be getting started in terms of how we can use generative AI filled with use cases and examples. The way I've structured today's uh, presentation is I'll be speaking for 20 minutes, giving you a brief overview. I'll be giving you a lot of information just kind of to give you a taste in terms of like what is possible with generative AI, a lot of tools. And from there, we'll kind of you can go ahead and do your own research and learn more about it. But that's kind of the goal to show you what's possible with generative AI. And from there, 20 minutes, we will be focusing specifically specifically on ChatGPT and the whole buzz around it. And we'll be talking about prompt engineering specifically for newsroom use cases and how you can do that. And we'll have a hands-on activity. And then the last 20 minutes is just basically for us to kind of discuss it and a lot of question and answers. So to start off, I've just created a quick video to show you just how this presentation is going to be working and what we'll be covering. Empowering news entrepreneurs with generative AI Today, we'll explore how AI can enhance your newsroom operations, optimize your content, and expand your reach. Discover AI tools like MidJourney for image generation and ChatGPT for content creation. Harness the power of automation tools like Zapier to create engaging digital content. Venture into the realm of prompt engineering and produce high-quality outputs for various newsroom use cases. Have your questions ready for an interactive Q&A and a discussion at the end on using AI in the newsroom. Join us for this exciting workshop and build the future of news entrepreneurship. Okay, so that was a video gen talking about what we'd be talking about today. Did you notice anything about it? Do you think any elements you were generated using AI? And if so, can you tell me what? I think it was all AI generated. I don't think there was a human being involved. <laughs> so what, come, what made you say that? So every aspect of it? Well... I've kind of been looking at AI just a little bit. And from what, like, there are programs that are so seamless that you wouldn't believe. So I didn't believe. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I see somebody said, Jan said it copied your voice. So you picked up on that. There are tools. And just as you said, Mark, there are so many tools today that kind of would create videos for us. And so, 
I did have my voice cloned by a tool called Eleven Lab. So the way it kind of worked was I had ChatGPT. I put in all the slides that I wrote and I put it in. It gave me the learning outcomes and what the outlines were going to be. I just took that into another tool called Lumen5. It AI generated an entire script and also created the entire video just within seconds, provided the relevant imagery, everything. So nothing has been even changed by me except for just copy pasting. And then just to add to a little bit of fun, I went to 11 Labs. I gave a one minute sample of my voice. It created an entire AI clone of my voice. And I just overlaid that on top of the video. And voila, you have a completely AI generated video just within minutes of using these three tools. And so why did I do this? Well, it was kind of fun to just play around with it, but also it was just to give you an idea in terms of what is possible. ChatGPT has been in the news a lot, but tools like Lumen5 could really help you with like social media videos, repurposing your news articles to reach people in broader ways. So you could instantly create a multiple like YouTube videos. We've been playing around with it. It's really great. Then 11 Labs, you want to create a podcast, an AI generated podcast to just repurpose again your news to have it available to people who just want to listen to it, you can clone your voice and have it on 11 labs. So it's just so much possibility with generative AI. So does it mean we can generate a podcast episode based on edited transcript and a minute of a voice example? How about the tones, emotions, etc.? Yeah, so you can completely generate a podcast episode with 11 labs. It might sound like it's a bit monotonous, I would say, but I, I had sent a sample of 11 labs to my parents and I sent a same recording that I had recorded and they did not they couldn't distinguish between which was AI and not. They just said, you sounded monotonous. You didn't have emotion in that voice. But my own parents couldn't distinguish between the voice. So that was a bit scary <laughs> for me. So moving on, generative AI. So we have a couple of people in the room who are still unsure what it is. It's basically just a subset of AI that uses machine learning to just generate outputs such as text, image, or music. And it does all of this by learning patterns from input data. So training data that they have, a bunch of training data, all of these generative AI tools are just having their models run on. And then based on that, the only thing that they do is predict they predict what is going to be the next word, what's going to be the next pixel in the image. They don't do anything in terms of actually generating knowledge. All that they do is kind of mimic what has previously been done in their training data, and that's what they display. And so kind of moving on, I'm just giving you again a brief overview in terms of all the other tools that are there. You have a bunch of like image generation tools that could be used. So I think a lot of you might have heard in the news, Midjourney, Dali, Bing Image Creator. Dali and Bing Image Creator are kind of powered by OpenAI and I put the both of them there in relation to Midjourney as well, because I feel like Dali and Bing Image Creator is something that people are able to quickly and very easily get onto and start prompting and seeing how it works. Whereas Midjourney, it run, runs on a Discord bot. And so it's a bit of a learning curve to get into Discord and figure out how to use Midjourney. But I find Midjourney to be really helpful. I have my Newsroom Robots podcast cover art over there as an example, because we used Midjourney to create the cover art. We just put in a prompt for the human hand 
hand, the robot hand using a pen. And instantly we had exactly the kind of image that we were envisioning for our specific podcast. We put everything in Photoshop and then there we had it. We had a podcast cover art ready to go. And so that's kind of just an example, because I know as news entrepreneurs, you have a ton of articles to be published and every article needs a hero image. And sometimes when that's difficult to find, tools like Midjourney, Bing Image Creator could be a great source of way to kind of like figure out how to use. So play around with it. It's a lot of fun. And there's a bunch of resources online. I forgot to put in over here, but there is something called, I'll put in the chat later on, it's called Pollbot. It also gives you a Midjourney prompt. So if prompting is an issue for specifically for image generation tools, you can tell it exactly what you want and it will tell you how you should be prompting with an entire prompt of what you should give the AI model. And so just moving on to ChatGPT, now the whole buzz about ChatGPT, but what specifically can you do with it in your newsroom? So one of the main things that a lot of newsrooms are currently working on is headline generation for A-B testing, helping with your SEO metadata. Another thing is also about social media posts. You can automate creations from your news stories for social media posts tailored for each individual social media platform. You also can create your video and podcast scripts for it. Just as I was talking, again, it knows how a YouTube script should look like. It knows how a TikTok video should look like. So just in relation to that, it has all of that training data. You just give it your news article and it knows how to tailor it for each platform. So instantly you can repurpose all of your content. You can also summarize press materials. So you want to extract any key points from press releases, any reports, you can ask questions with PDFs. So they just launched uh, plugins, which is just this added app that be, can be integrated with ChatGPT. So you can have a plugin for helping you read PDFs and you can ask questions, go back and forth. You don't have to read a whole long PDF. ChatGPT will basically summarize things for you. You can also develop news quizzes. So these are all examples of things that I've been playing around with. We are currently experimenting with news quizzes in our newsroom. And it's been a lot of fun to kind of just repurpose content and use that for our audience to help promote engagement and fun interactions over there. It can also help you with grant proposals. So as news entrepreneurs, you'll be writing a bunch of grant proposals trying to get that funding and it can help assist with your funding efforts. And newsletters is another way. We can just automate the crafting of all of your news and what needs to go in there. There is currently a newsroom, a local newsroom called ARL Now that is experimenting with this and they have expanded, they create an entirely auto-generated newsletter using ChatGPT and some of the other tools I'll be talking about soon. You can also extract quotes. So you have a long interview, you want to extract highly relevant quotes, any key takeaways, ChatGPT can do it all for you. You can also have article summaries, put in your long article and key takeaways that readers need to know instantly can be generated from ChatGPT. And you can also translate your content. So ChatGPT has much better translation service than others like Google Translate and stuff. So you can really use that to reach a broader audience. And people are using ChatGPT right now to do all of these different use cases. So this is just an example to kind of broaden your mind in terms of like what's possible. Nikita, I see Mark's hand is up and maybe we can pause here to take any questions. Sure. In terms of translation services, how accurate is ChatGPT versus like actually just paying a couple thousand dollars to have a translation service? And then what are the best language or its most effective languages to translate to? 
So ChatGPT, I mean, I think a human is always going to be more effective in terms of understanding nuances. And what I would say that it does is it gives you a great first draft always. Um, and it's helpful to kind of like go ahead from there. In terms of all of the languages, I don't know at the top of my head which languages exactly is there, but some of the main languages like that I've been playing around with were like Hindi and stuff. Like it was doing a pretty decent job with that. So do you have, I know there's a, somebody using it for Spanish as well, for Spanish news. So it's being used currently in newsrooms. There's a question in the chat and then we'll take you on and then we'll get back to it if that's okay. Um, we'll have time for more questions at the end as well. But I have to read this out loud. Evan said, how would you respond to concerns that use of chat GPT will help train it further driving the destruction of the industry and all of our passion and livelihoods? Um, that's a good question. Uh, but I think if we don't use chat GPT right now, we are definitely doomed uh, because we have all of these like AI generated content mills that are spinning around. I think the challenge for journalism right now is really getting ahead and being able to use all of these tools to be able to get our news to more people, build that authentic, verifiable trust relationship of trust with our audience. And I definitely think we, we kind of need to keep on top to use these tools to reach more people. I see this way as a way to kind of broaden the work that we do. And it helps us. I think this is something that really helps us as like news entrepreneurs. You're having like a really small newsroom and it's just another extra hand. It can help you do so many things that that's what, for example, for the newsletters, ARL Now, one of the main things he was saying, he did not have the time to and the resources to put another another journalist on to cover another city. But with these automated newsletters, they're able to produce news for that particular city, which was not being done previously. So I think it's just a way for us to reach more people. And it's I think it's kind of like where the risk there. Yeah. Uh, so is there a marked difference between the paid version and the free version for ChatGPT? And would you recommend uh, subscribing? Yes. Good question. So ChatGPT has two models, ChatGPT 3.5 and GPT-4. GPT-4 is way more advanced in terms of is able to really understand instructions better. I find that its outputs are way better. There is a limit for the GPT-4. You can only send 25 messages every four hours. So previously, there used to be not as much of a difference between 3.5 and 4. Like the output was great always for GPT-4. But now what they have done within the last week, they have made two other features available, which is called plugins and a web browsing plugins. What I was speaking previously, plugins are just other apps. Like you can connect it to like an Airtable, you can connect it to Expedia. You want to like order your groceries, you can connect it to Instacart and it would do that. So they are apps that are built to connect with ChatGPT. And you also have a web browsing plugin. So keep in mind that GPT, the model was trained with data up until November 2021. So if you asked it anything recent, it had no idea and it would give you the wrong information. So GPT with the web browsing plugin, which is available only for paid subscribers, you can now go on the internet and find any information that you want. And that's kind of, I'm showing you an example later on, it could browse the web, it could do everything. So I would say it right now, it's really good to kind of, it's $20 per month, try it out, test it out and see what you can do. I find it really relevant right now with all of the plugins and the web browsing plugin that can help you do a lot more work. Let's move forward and then we'll take, there's a lot of questions for the end as well. Okay, perfect. 
So this was an example that I was talking about, uh, leveraging ChatGBT now for your newsroom revenue operations. You need somebody to help you with sales. How about asking ChatGPT what to do? So what I did over here was I used ChatGPT's browsing plugin to search the web and kind of generate results to find out. So I'm based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I used it as an example so I would know exactly what businesses they were talking and verify if it was actually working. So I said, give me a list of 10 businesses, their industry sector, and a unique pitch for each one of them so that I can reach out to them for my hyper-local news site for placing ads on a digital news website. And it generated 10 businesses. And as you can see, like a central square florist, and it exactly tells your ad could highlight seasonal offerings, remind readers of the joy of giving flowers. And every single industry sector is kind of covered different industry sectors like food and beverage and exactly why. And it's completely customized for what they are doing. So what I really liked over here is like, this lunch, it's about their friendly atmosphere, their drink selection. That's what they kind of highlighted in their website. This Hanan kitchen, like what is the dishes, the authenticity of your cuisine. So it's completely very customized and you could just use this quickly to create and generate emails or any pitches that you need to produce and ChatGPT kind of helps you. So this is an example I was talking about where it uses the web browsing plugin. As you saw, it went exactly and it's telling you where it's getting all of this information from as well. So that's kind of one thing I like. So in the past week, this was pre Previously, just allowed for beta users, so not everybody had access to it. But now that they have like allowed it for all paid subscribers, I think this is one of the key selling points for ChatGPT four right now. So again, I'm going through all of this to kind of show you what's possible. The next thing is kind of like automating workflows using no-code tools. So I was talking about somebody who created a completely auto-generated newsletter. What they did was they used their Airtable, which is their database for creating all of, which has the database for all of the news articles. And what you can do is connect it with this tool called Zapier. Now, Zapier would be like your best friend for automating workflows. It's a completely no-code tool that just helps you connect different apps together. So what this would do is ChatGPT also has something called an API, which is kind of this bridge that you can connect with it through code. So Zapier would connect to GPT's API, which is kind of like ChatGPT, and you could prompt it using an Airtable. So for example, if you have an Airtable database with a bunch of news articles and you want to create a summary, you want another column to be there to create a summary, what you could do is you could create a so-called ZAP, which is an automation automated workflow that every time you place an article over there in as a new row in your Airtable, it would automatically go to GPT, produce, it would prompt it, the pro whatever prompt you've given it, and it would come back and just create another column right next to it with what its summary of that news article is. So now just imagine you have a bunch of news articles in one column. You have all of the summaries that are AI generated. Now you can just take that all together, create another zap so that it goes through 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. MailChimp or whatever email system that you have to then send out an auto-generated newsletter. You can do the same thing for social media posts. So you put in what your article is in one row and automatically it would create a zap. So every time a new row is added, it would go and create another social media post based on your prompt. So instead of you having to go to ChatGPT and every single time place a prompt and do something like that, it would automatically keep on working. So the same thing is for Airtable, Google Drive. Uh, you could use it as a Slack integrated with your Slack channel. Um, so you can just type in a, a question or put in a URL over there and Zapier can go and talk to OpenAI, basically talk to its GPT app and do everything and just generate it for you. So this is just kind of an example of how you can use automated workflows using uh, no-code tools. Do we have any questions regarding that? Hi, this is Kim. I'm curious to hear what would the actual GPT prompt be for this? I'm so new to this. Yes, good question. So that's what we are talking about next because prompting is important. That's the big thing to kind of get these AI models to work. We need to start writing for the robots. So do you lead me into my next slide, which is how to create an effective prompt. So one of the main things, let's take an example for like the social media post. You need to start with a clear goal. So kind of define the situation and the expected outcome. So you want to tell it that you want social media posts. You are giving it a news uh, news article and you want a social media post specifically specify for like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, where you want to go. Then the next thing is kind of define the output criteria. If it's for headlines, you want to specify like for our newsroom, we can't exceed 66 characters for a headline. And so that's something that we would put define an output criteria. We define it that it should our headlines should not exceed 66 characters. And so we give it a response length. You can also give it a style. So if you're writing an email or something, you can tell it to have a more conversational tone, a more professional tone, and you can ask it oh, what kind of like style it could have for the entire um, response. Another thing is assume that ChatGPT knows nothing. Provide any useful details to help ChatGPT in achieving your goals, all of the information. So that also means you can put in your entire news article in there and just give it details that could help it create. It is not a knowledge generator. It only goes to whatever data. It's only mimicking the writing. It's only mimicking how to produce content and predicting what should come next. So give it all of the knowledge that you want it to generate. 
Another thing is detail the structure. So guide chat GPT on the format. So as you saw, I specifically said in my previous example, give it to me in a table. You can tell it to give it to you in a bullet list. You can also give it some examples of how you want it to generate. For example, if you are, you have given it a bunch of uh, an entire interview. You can tell it to give me the name and you can give it an example. Name Nikita Roy. And then this is how the quote, it should be colon and the quotes, it should be in a quotes, whatever quote should be taken, it should be in a quotation marks. So you can give it examples like that and it would just follow those examples. So again, detail what the structures are. Also give it an initial context. So something like providing it a role for chat GPT helps them understand the context. So you can say you are a journalist, you are a teacher, and it would automatically then change the way and the tone that they are doing. And you can also, in terms of like style over here, you can also say write an AP style and it kind of does. It knows AP style. It has, they have been trained on AP news articles. So they kind of understand what the AP style looks like. And that's something that they do as well. Uh, the next thing is separators. So try to keep your instructions on the top and then give its context. So when you assume ChatGPT knows nothing, you always have to give it a context. So for example, if you're giving it your news article, you have the instruction of generate a headline and then use symbols like a hashtag, three hashtags or three quotation marks. It's basically just to separate the instructions and the context and then give it the context of what the news article is. So that just helps the model understand it better. And then elaborate your requirements. So don't be afraid to kind of be specific, be descriptive about your requirements. What is it that you're actually looking for? So the more information you give, the better your prompts will be. Just think about how you would be giving instructions kind of to another colleague who's brand new at the job. What are you expecting from them? That's how I look at it. And then chain of thought prompting. So this is a type of prompting when you have a really complex task. So for example, if you're asking ChatGPT to write like an entire article, for example, it's too much for it to do at one point. So what you could do is simplify that complex task. You'll start off by how would you do it? You would start off by first writing an outline of the article. Then you would start off by writing an intro. And then for each paragraph, what is the main theme? And like you can ask it step by step by step to generate every single thing. So starting with the outline, intro, every single paragraph, a conclusion, then you put together everything and you ask ChatGPT to edit it again. So one by one, you kind of like break down that complex task into more sequential parts. And that helps ChatGPT to kind of produce a better way of doing this. And then finally, going back to our ChatGPT example, uh, we kind of give it a specific role and context. So I asked it to be a salesperson selling ads for a hyperlocal newsroom in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I specified the location, I specified what we were, and I wanted it how I wanted it to act as. So then the next thing was I asked it specifically to generate a list of small businesses in the area. So specifying what the output criteria and goal is. And the goal was that you can so that you can approach them regarding placing ads on your digital news website. And then as you saw, detail the structure. I said, told it, formatted in a table. I want the names of at least 10 businesses, exactly what columns, such as the industry sector, a unique pitch for them to place ads on your website. And then the fourth, I elaborated on the requirements. So I also wanted like a unique selling point of our website. I wanted it to be customized for their business. So you could also include how you could highlight the their business and the impact it could have. And that's why it had produced that prompt. So the first time I had not actually, when I was prompting it, I had not put 
they elaborate on the requirements and it had not given me that customized unique pitch. So that is why I then put in that entire line about put in a unique selling point. I want it to be customized for the business and highlight. And that's when it showed you the output that you saw, which was completely customized. So you can play around with it and figure out how it works. And so before we go ahead, Umbreen, I just kind of want to see how people are doing with ChatGPT. So if you could just, these are just three quiz questions that we have to see before we go into a breakout and you go into prompt engineering to check how you're finding everything. So I'm glad to see most people are having the correct answer. So the first one is yes, both B and C. You give them an example of a desired headline format and specify the topic of the article. It can help improve the chat GPT output. And in the next one, summarize the article in a few sentences. Again, yeah. So when you're giving it a context, it's easier for it to have that separator in there. Um, and if you give it, be more specific about exactly the number of sentences you require. So as I said, define the output criteria specifically, that would help you produce an even better prompt. So these are all good prompts for you to start and see what's giving. And then you can add on all of these tips to make it better. So don't think that once you create a prompt and that's the output, it's more of a conversation that you have with it and just keep on modifying things one by one and see until you like what you've created as an output. So for what you saw for the outputs that I created, I did go back and forth with it quite a bit till I had a prompt that I really liked. And that's what I showed you at the end. So it's not usually the first time that you create a prompt and it's great as an output. And then the final one is respond to the reader's questions below. Do not discuss any unverified information. How this prompt can be improved. As I was saying over here, you elaborate your requirements. So be specific and descriptive about your requirements. So one thing that I, I missed out previously to mention was that if you don't want chat GPT to do something, you can specifically tell it not to do it, but then give it an other option of what it should do instead. So over here, stick to providing verified facts and avoid speculations or unverified information. And over here, you would give it what the verified facts are. So it wouldn't kind of go ahead and hallucinate and understand something and pull out something else from its own training data. So you kind of give it an option of what it should do instead of just saying, don't do this. So that's one way in which you can elaborate your requirements there. So, okay, we are kind of tied on time. This is great because I know that all of you kind of have a good start and have understood at least the basics of prompt engineering to get things going. So I'm going to quickly get into our breakout session. The goal really for this is I want to have chat GPT prompts for four unique newsroom scenarios that we can then share within the group. And it can be applicable to, for all of us. And at the end of this, if you can just finalize a prompt that are you as a group are collectively satisfied with and prepared to share it with all of your attendees. And each one of you have a unique newsroom scenario. So we have four teams. The first team, you are given a new article about the AI upgrades that Microsoft is bringing to chat GPT and Bing. So you have to write a prompt to create headlines for A-B testing and write a summary for it. Team two, since we're at Craig Newmark's school, you're looking to apply for a grant from the Craig Newmark's philanthropies and you need to write a prompt that aligns with your organization's mission and answers the following question that they're asking. So we just provide a description of how the grant will be used to advance the mission of Craig Newmark's philanthropies and include a description of the project's timeline and communication plan. You can just generate like a rough outline of what a grant out letter would look like over here. And the third team, 
you are given a news article about steps that the White House is taking to study AI risks. So over here, write a prompt to generate social media posts for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So kind of see how you can play around with the tones for each and every different platform that we have there. And the fourth team, you are given a press release about a glass blowing and live arts festival in Detroit. Write a prompt that extracts the key details and helps you in generating an article. So these are the four different kind of newsroom use case scenarios. Feel free to kind of play around with the prompting. And as I said, you can all log into ChatGPT and try out different methods and see what's working and what's not. And I will pop into all of the breakout rooms as well and help you out. Welcome back, everyone. We want to leave plenty of room for questions. So um, if you want to maybe just share in the chat what that experience was like for you, what you kind of took from it, we can see how it felt for everybody. And then Nikita, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about that activity, and then we can transition to the questions. And also, if you can just put in the prompts that you think were the most effective for generating it in the chat, that will also help everybody else, I think, to kind of learn from that. And just one thing that I wanted to stress that I had noticed in a breakout room was don't think too much with your first prompt. You can go back and forth quite a bit uh, with these chatbots and just get started. It's not about getting it right the first time. Somebody, I forget who was your, yeah, Stacy, you were saying that you treat it as an intern. And the first time is like, just generate a headline. And then you go ahead and be like, okay, now I want it to be 60 characters. And then you can just keep on building from there. So just think of it like you're telling an intern and step-by-step guiding it. So you don't have to have it uh, perfect the first time. So yeah, that's just one comment that I had. And we can move into questions. Hong Chao had a question earlier and um, I asked her to hold on to it. So let's have her speak first and then we'll take the next one. Thank you. I have a very, very quick question because I'm not skeptical about the tour itself. It's just I have this privacy privacy concern. I wouldn't basically use all the workflows automation that you showed to process any confidential information. That's my assumption. I don't know if anything that I type, I share with the tools with the chat GDP or any other AIs will also be included to feed the model or not? Like, do I own it? Like, will they take it over once I share any raw materials? Thank you. Yeah, that's a very valid concern and I'm glad you brought it up. So chat GPT, I would not, and a podcast that's releasing today, Ryan Serpico, who is Hearst's um, AI and automation engineer, he had a really great point and he was like, don't put in anything that you wouldn't tell a stranger on the street. So use that as your guideline. If you're not going to tell a stranger on the street, it should not be going into ChatGPT, into these generative AI models. ChatGPT does record all of these histories. You have an option now to go and disable that and they will delete all of these conversations and they would not be using it for your AI model. But that's ChatGPT. There are, if you try and code directly with their GPT API, that's not used for training their data. And if you, there are some other tools that I have been looking at, similar to ChatGPT, there's something called writer.com. I have been looking into their model because they are very transparent in terms of what exactly they trained on. So we should know that ChatGPT doesn't exactly tell us what they have been trained on, but a tool like writer.com actually tells us what exactly they were trained on. And they have privacy front and center. They are HIPAA compliant, GDPR, everything. And so that's one tool that I have been exploring right now 
now. It's probably not at the level as ChatGPT and it's slightly more expensive. But if you're looking for an AI generative tool, that's something that I have seen as kind of better than ChatGPT. There is a lot of privacy concerns and risks. It is a business at the end of the day. And like any tool, you are giving information to it. So you have to be very for all of these uh, GPT AI tools. But the way you see it is if you are doing something like social media posts and something that is already out there on the Internet, you're just giving that information to it and repurposing it and kind of helping you with producing content that you would have to take time to produce otherwise. And it's not information. So I would never suggest putting any kind of confidential information, any kind of personal information for you. Don't do that. Thanks. Yeah. So as creatives, we all have to be worried about our work being lifted and used without our permission and perhaps none more so than photographs, but words too. So your feelings about copyright infringement issues with AI images, our lack of attribution, we're already seeing lawsuits being filed to protect creatives, including one that names Midjourney, which you said you used in your in your presentation. What are your feelings about that? Were you Did you look into the images that were created? Did you out them? Did you verify that nobody's being slighted? Nobody's work was being stolen? So currently, I mean, there's a lot of debate going on about that. And the way I see it is right now for news entrepreneurs, it's just helping us create content. There is no regulation. And I think that's something that we'll have a lot of like conversations that needs to be happening with this. AI generation is happening and it differs from place to place in terms of like how the courts are going to rule. So I'm just going to wait and see what the regulatory authorities are going to say. And currently, this was a tool that was kind of helping us generate podcast art. And so that's kind of like how we have gone about using it. Thank you. Ethan, go ahead. Yeah. So if it's okay, I don't so much have a question, but like a comment about that exercise, because I was kind of, it was, it was actually really cool. And we kind of, Donna was using Bard and Tim was using ChatGBT and we kind of, we used my project as like the baseline. And so like we put, you know, I put basically took my um, proposed, what's that thing? Value proposition. Proposition. Right. Yeah. Value proposition from yesterday. Right which I'll put in the chat and, and my name and, and, you know, I've, I've been a journalist for 20 years. So there's like a lot of my content on the internet website and stuff. So, so just put this prompt in with my name or Tim put this prompt in or, and maybe modify it a little bit. He can speak to that with my name and man, it spit out like a perfect proposal, like, like a really good grant proposal that like actually really well describes like what I'm trying to do. And I was like, yeah, man, I want to, I want to, who wants my grant proposal? Cause like it took us like 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm going to go apply for some grants now. Like that, that was wild. Like that was a really cool exercise. So, and if you guys want, I, I didn't even get through reading the whole thing. I only read about half of it. And I was like, this is all like nailed it. So, but if you want, I'll, I'll put it in there. But I just wanted to share that because I thought that was really cool. And Tim, maybe he, he can chime in to speak to like how he tweaked that, that little, oh yeah, here he goes. The, the prompt he just put in there. Yeah. I just chopped it in the chat. I'm just basically using the information you gave us and gave it a little bit of context. And it really, it really ran for there. I was shocked at how little information it needed to, to do the whole application. Yeah. I mean, and what, let me see, I, I put, I copy and pasted what it spit out into Word doc and it's, 554 words total. But yeah, thank you for that exercise. That was really cool. Yeah, the fact that it even gives you like the headers and the like date and like all that stuff was was really impressive. 
Yeah. And like, if you look at GPT-4 and now with like the web browsing capabilities and everything, things are really adding on to it. And again, when I use ChatGPT, I use sometimes like a not our original like newsroom's name or anything. I don't want things to be associated. And so I I have completely like alias names. So that's one way you can protect your identity. Don't put it specifically to your newsroom if you want to protect your identity over there. But it gives you a general outline. It tells you how it should write. For somebody like me who was coming into the news on uh, news industry, not really knowing I was writing grant proposals for the first time, I had to scour the internet for a bunch of ways and how to write a grant proposal. And when ChatGPT came, it just gave me basically like, like an outline that I knew now how it, people are writing and I could just jump on from there. So that's one way you can be using ChatGPT. Thank you, Nikita. This has been really eye-opening. I know there are some, some people who have really valid and important questions and concerns and thoughts and, and have raised uh, many of them in the chat. Some of them we haven't had a time to fully explore. And so I hate to cut off the conversation now, but I want to respect everyone's time, including yours, Nikita. And and so I want to suggest we we kind of potentially, if people are interested, we can gather around this topic again and explore some of these concerns, which are really valid and important concerns. And if we in the journalism space don't raise them, right, others may not raise them for us. So it's really important that we do consider all of these concerns in addition to, to considering all the benefits like we've just been talking about and, and all the ways it can be useful and helpful for us, we, we should also be really mindful of the ways in which it's going to present new challenges and new problems and new risks, all of which were the case in prior new technologies, right? In the social media era, for example, we didn't consider a lot of those concerns until many would argue, you know, it was too late to really have an impact on the development of those platforms. So, so I appreciate everyone, everyone's, uh, those who have skepticism, you know, I appreciate the skepticism and, you know, it's something that I think we can, we can keep digging into further. I don't mean to, to cut it off now, but I, I know we've designated this as our time limit. So again, thank you, Nikita, for this great, great session. I love the examples. Um, this was a really interesting exercise to explore. I want to encourage everyone to keep experimenting. One thing is, even if you're skeptical, even if you don't, you know, feel great about how these things work or what they do. I think it's really important for us to understand what they do so that we can be smart critics or smart skeptics and speak intelligently about, you know, their capabilities and the limitations and concerns. So encourage everyone to try regardless of how you feel um, ultimately about, about the, the tools or how you use them. Thanks again, Nikia. And see everyone again tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York for hosting the workshop. You can find more information about today's episode and the tools discussed in the show notes. If you like what you hear on the podcast, subscribe, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. This podcast was made possible thanks to the Harvard Innovation Lab's Spark Grant. I'm Nikita Roy and this is Newsroom Robots. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.